You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do the people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Tuesday, January 31st. Coming up today... Investors remain cautious as the Fed kicks off its first policy meeting of 2023. For the first time in a year, the IMF raises its global economic growth outlook. UBS shares slide as the firm's investment bank underperforms its U.S. rivals. And the White House moves to end COVID emergency measures. More Memphis police officers have been disciplined in the deadly beating of Tyree Nichols, plus concealed carry gun restrictions have been blocked in New Jersey. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stanshower in sports. LeBron James didn't play in the Nets in Brooklyn beat the Lakers who visit the Knicks tonight. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak on Bloomberg 1130 New York. Bloomberg 99.1 Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 1061 Boston. Bloomberg 960 San Francisco. Sirius XM 119. And around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Here are the stories we're following today. The Federal Reserve kicks off its first policy meeting of 2023 today, and that has investors trading cautiously. Yesterday was the worst for the NASDAQ 100 index in five weeks, while the S&P 500 fell the most in nearly two weeks. Dennis Gartman, chairman of the University of Akron Endowment Investment Committee, says the Fed may be more aggressive than investors think. Right now, the consensus is the Fed is going to raise the overnight Fed funds rate by 25 basis points. I have a sneaky suspicion they'll probably go by 50, but time shall tell. But we have a, you've had a, a, a strong rally since uh, October of last year. Uh, we found some support for the S&P. We found some support for the NASDAQ. But uh, the rally had, uh, has probably exhausted itself. Dennis Gartman, the former publisher of the Gartman Letter, says he is backing away from a marginal long position in stocks. Overall, he's been bearish on the market since January of last year. 
But Nathan, there are signs of hope. For the first time in a year, the International Monetary Fund is raising its global economic growth outlook. We get the details live with Bloomberg's Steve Rappaport. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Karen and Nathan. The IMF predicts gross domestic product will expand 2.9% this year before rebounding to 3.1% in 2024. Chief economist Pierre-Olivier Gourasha tells Bloomberg TV the numbers for global growth remain well below pre-pandemic levels. The worry is more with what we call core inflation that excludes energy and and food prices are typically more volatile. And this core inflation measures have shown more persistent and they have not peaked yet in many countries and they're still far away from central bank targets. So the job is not done. Gurasha says there are still some challenges to get on our way to sustainable recovery. Live in New York, I'm Steve Rappaport, Bloomberg Daybreak. Thank you, Steve. Turning to corporate earnings now, we're getting the first results from European banks and shares of UBS are down 3.5%. While the Swiss bank reported profit above estimates, revenues at the investment bank fell by 24% and compensation costs rose. UBS CEO Ralph Hammer says while things are looking up, clients remain cautious. We see positive news coming from China. We see positive news uh, coming on, 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 on also inflation. Uh, we see some light life back in the leverage capital markets, which is normally a leading indicator. However, all early, all early movements. So I don't think there is a trend there yet. So for the moment, I do think that our clients are hopeful, but in a wait and see pattern. UBS CEO Ralph Hammers tells us the bank plans to buy back more than $5 billion of shares this year. Stay tuned for more of that interview coming up shortly on Bloomberg Daybreak. Well, back here in the U.S., Nathan, we get earnings from 30 companies in the S&P 500 today, and that includes oil behemoth ExxonMobil. We get a preview from Bloomberg's Tom Busby. After a record profit made in last summer's third quarter when prices at the gas pump hit all-time highs, the nation's biggest oil company is expected to see earnings fall by as much as 26%. That's on lower oil and natural gas prices. Still, full-year profits expected to top $57.5 billion, blowing away the previous record set back in 2008. For the just-finished quarter, look for adjusted earnings per share of $3.30 on net income of 135 billion dollars. I'm Tom Busby, Bloomberg Daybreak. Thanks, Tom. Let's turn to the pandemic now and policy out of D.C. The White House will end a pair of COVID-19 emergency declarations in May. Amy Morris explains what it means from our Bloomberg 99.1 newsroom in Washington. The COVID-19 national emergency and public health emergency will be extended to May 11th and then lifted. Millions of Americans have received free COVID tests, treatments and vaccines, and not all of that will be free anymore. It will also mean the end of Title 42, which allows border agents to expel migrants at ports of entry without the chance to ask for asylum. And the continuous enrollment provision of Medicaid will expire. The CDC says 500 people in the U.S. die each day from COVID-19. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Amy, thank you. Well, U.S.-China relations also in focus this morning. The Biden administration is stepping up its crackdown on the Chinese industrial sector. Bloomberg News has learned it's considering whether to cut off Huawei technologies from all of its American suppliers. That includes chip makers like Intel and Qualcomm. Huawei is long suspected of ties to the Beijing government and the Chinese military. Meantime, Karen, economic data out of China today point to more growth. China's manufacturing and services expanded in January for the first time in four months. Bloomberg Daybreak Asia anchor Brian. And Curtis has more from Hong Kong. 
The COVID reopening had a big effect. So did the boost in travel and spending during the Lunar New Year holiday. That powered the non-manufacturing index to 54.4, well up on December and higher than the estimate of 52. The official PMI rose to 50.1 from 47 in December, slightly beating estimates of an even 50. Not too shabby overall in that many businesses closed for the holiday. And good for the global economy, but still a rather uneven path going forward forward. In Hong Kong, Brian Curtis, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Brian, thank you. And it's the end of an era in the aviation industry. Boeing will deliver its final 747 today. A cargo version of the jumbo jet will be turned over to Atlas Air. Futures lower this morning. Your latest local headlines straight ahead. This is Bloomberg. Thank you, Karen. It's 38 degrees in Central Park. Might see an early shower, especially north of the city. Otherwise, partly sunny today. Temperatures in the low 40s. Could see a few flurries tonight as we get down to the upper 20s. Time now to take a look at some of the other stories making news in New York and around the world with Bloomberg's Michael Bark. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. Two more Memphis police officers have been put on leave in the Tyree Nichols beating death. It marks the sixth and seventh officers off the job. Also, two EMTs and a driver have now been fired. Congresswoman Gwen Moore, a Democrat from Wisconsin and member of the Black Congressional Caucus, discusses police reform efforts in Congress. Moore was asked whether any movement on reform can happen in a Republican-controlled House. There ought to be an opportunity to do that because, you know, when you start talking about a lot of crime, uh, a lot of this is occurring in so-called red states. Uh, and in places not governed by Democrats who are in charge. You would think that this would be something we'd be able to bring to their uh, attention. Congresswoman Moore spoke with Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Sound On, which can be heard at 5 p.m. A federal judge in New Jersey blocked a state law restricting the carrying of concealed firearms in parks, restaurants, bars, and other public places from going into effect. The judge issued a temporary restraining order against the law in a suit brought by gun rights advocates who are challenging its constitutionality. New Jersey has banned guns from public places after last year's Supreme Court ruling. The U.S. is reaffirming ties with a key Asian ally. The top Pentagon official is in South Korea for talks to discuss growing threats from Pyongyang. In Seoul, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin described improved efforts to protect the Korean Peninsula. As things continue to evolve, uh, our alliance continues to strengthen, and and, uh, we look for ways to strengthen that extended deterrence. Secretary Austin says we have more than 28,000 uniformed personnel in South Korea. The worst suicide bombing in over four years tore through a mosque in a high-security compound in northwestern Pakistan's Peshawar City, killing at least 80 people and leaving dozens wounded. Former President Donald Trump is suing journalist Bob Woodward for releasing recordings of interviews that he gave to the journalist in 2019 and 2020. Trump claims he never agreed to those tapes being shared with the public. Global News, 24 hours a day. On air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries, I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg, Nathan. Thanks, Michael. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update, brought to you by Tri-State Audi. Good morning, John Stashauer. Good morning, Nathan. LeBron James's only visit to New York, obviously a hot ticket. Chance to see the guy who's on the verge of becoming the NBA's all-time leading scorer, but he played 
44 minutes in an overtime loss Saturday in Boston and now has a sore foot, so no LeBron in Brooklyn. And the Nets took advantage. They beat the Lakers 121-104. Kyrie Irving, 26 points. Patty Mills and Cam Thomas both off the bench for 21. It's not known if LeBron is going to play tonight. The Lakers visit the Knicks. Four NFL teams still looking for a head coach. Meanwhile, a coordinator switch. Kellen Moore coached the Cowboys offense the last four years. The day after his departure in Dallas, he joined the staff of the L.A. Chargers. That AFC Championship game in Kansas City will be remembered for the penalty in the final seconds on the Bengals. Joseph Asai late hit out of bounds of Patrick Mahomes. That allowed the Chiefs to get close enough to kick a game-winning field goal. Knowing that I had my, the support of my teammates and um, I just gotta, I gotta, like Sam was saying, I gotta learn from experience and um, I gotta know not to, not to get close to that quarterback when he's close to that sideline. If, if there's anything that could uh, possibly cause a penalty in a dire situation like that, I gotta do better. One Cincinnati teammate, Jermaine Pratt, was caught on video criticizing Osai. He did later apologize. Hockey Hall of Famer Bobby Hall has passed away at 84 on the ice. One of the all-time greats, 12-time All-Star in Chicago, two-time MVP. Hull was also accused multiple times of domestic violence and of making racist comments. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Live from coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on Sirius XM, the Bloomberg Business App, and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. Let's hear more now from our interview with the CEO of UBS, Ralph Hammers. The Swiss bank reported earnings this morning that mostly fell flat. UBS underperformed its U.S. counterparts. Equities revenue slumped. And the bank failed to match gains from its peers in fixed income trading. It's the first glimpse into how European investment banks performed during the most recent quarter. Ralph Hammers says last year was marked by a challenging macroeconomic environment. Let's get more on the UBS CEO's thoughts and the path ahead in a conversation with Bloomberg's Manus Cranny. Bahamas, CEO of UBS, good to see you this morning. Solid set of numbers, buyback, dividend, all glowing headlines. But if you look at the net income, it's driven by interest, 35% bump from interest income. Is this the peak of interest income or can it squeeze higher? Well, so indeed, we had a very good set of numbers in the fourth quarter, and not only on the income side, but specifically also on the underlying flow side, 23 billion of net new fee generating assets, 11 billion of net new money, 9 billion of net new deposits, basically showing the trust of our customers to basically place the money with us and for us to help them manage it. Uh, On the back of that, clearly with lower market values, 
on the fee uh, income. That was a bit lower, but the interest income really came through. It is very much the dollar effect and the Swiss franc effect now as well. On the dollar effect, we feel most, like, most likely peaked. However, there is more to come on euro and certainly also on the Swiss franc. Just one of those Two weeks ago, there was the feeling that maybe we're near the top of these central banks in terms of the hiking cycle, specifically the Fed. Paul Krugman joined us yesterday and he said, be careful, stop getting over your skis and overconfident on inflation. Are you overconfident that we've peaked on inflation? Um, we may have peaked on inflation, but it doesn't mean that the central banks will not further increase some rates, just to be sure. I do think that they are very clear in terms of what they want to achieve. They really want to get the structural inflation down. And that could come uh, with, along with a real deceleration of economic growth. I think the recipe is that we rather have a short-term pain with a long-term gain than not being tough enough in order to get that uh, inflation back to that level. And that is what I think central banks have in their minds. In the fourth quarter, you've had some short-term pain. The fees were down 17%, transactions were down 19%. Is that the worst? Is that, is that the nadir of, of the sidelining of wealth management clients? Well. If you look at, uh, at, at the, two, the different components on the wealth management side, so first what is important is that you see that the trust is there and that clients come to you. That basically shows that we have the right professional services, we have the right products, we have the right advice, we can take them through a, a period of challenges and unclarity. That period of unclarity is still there, right? So we see positive news coming from China. We see positive news uh, coming on, on, on also inflation. Uh, we see some light life back in the leveraged capital markets, which is normally a leading indicator. However, all early, all early movements. So I don't think there is a trend there yet. So for the moment, I do think that our clients are hopeful, but in a wait and see pattern. Well, there has been a move to risk on assets. This is the debate. <coughs> One month in, there's been a move to risk on assets. You use the word sideline for wealth management clients in the fourth quarter. Are they nibbling? Are they active in acquiring risk on client, risk, risk on assets? That's not what we see. We truly see that they are waiting for more clarity to come. And I think that's wise. Uh, we really want to make sure that there is more visibility. I do think that the coming weeks will bring that more visibility. We see there are central banks coming to the market. We see uh, the New Year's, uh, the Chinese New Year's behind us and see whether the, the positivism coming from China will continue. We see corporate earnings coming through in the next couple of weeks as well. So I think the, couple of, the next couple of weeks from different sites will give us much more data points to get a feel for should we be risk on or not. And that's the CEO of UBS, Ralph Hammers, speaking with Bloomberg's Manus Cranny this morning. Earnings from UBS are underwhelming investors. Revenue from the bank's equities division fell 20% in the latest quarter. Business from foreign exchange rates and credit did grow, but at a rate around half what U.S. banks saw in the period. And right now, we're watching shares of UBS fall. They are down 3.6% in Zurich. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Today, your morning brief on the stories making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond.
Look for us on your podcast feed at 6 a.m. Eastern each morning on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning starting at 5 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak. Countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at CarterEconomicForum.com.